the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Coming up today on Abounding Grace. The eternal welfare of human beings is at stake in the modification of the gospel. Understand, beloved, in the book of Galatians, Paul is not writing about trivial matters. He is writing about the heart and soul of Christianity. The gospel of Jesus Christ has always been under attack by people inside and outside the Christian church. Today in Galatians chapter 2, Pastor Gary Wagner analyzes the battle for the gospel. Every day the Christian church fights for the word of God. So how can we help in this battle? Well, join us here on Abounding Grace as Pastor Gary walks us through the history of battling for the church. This section of Joshua is about Jericho. I hope everyone knows the story of Joshua who fought the battle of Jericho. Well, let's look and see what really happened there. The Israelites surrounded Jericho and marched around the walled city, blowing the trumpets, and it says, beginning in verse 16, it came about about at the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpets Joshua said to the people, shout, for he has given you the city. The city shall be harem, under the law, devoted to destruction, cursed by God, anathematized. What happens to a city that's placed under the curse of God? Well, Joshua continues, and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in the house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the band or under the anathema, so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the band and make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. But all of the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord, They shall go to the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, and the priests blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight ahead, and they took the city. Then they utterly destroyed everything. And the word there, Again, is harem, anathema. And they utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. Verse 24. They burned down the city with fire and all that was in it, only the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 26. Then Joshua made them 
take an oath at, the, at that time saying, cursed be the Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundation. And with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his name was in all the land. Do you see why harem is the most terrifying thing in Scripture? Whenever God pronounces harem upon a culture it is totally consumed never to rise again paul says if anyone modifies any of these seven tenets of the gospel of sovereign grace may god's harem may god's anathema rest upon that preacher or that teacher now i want you to notice Paul isn't simply wishing that all those who preach another gospel than the gospel of Paul be anathematized and devoted destruction and entirely consumed by the wrath of God. He's not expressing his desire. He is giving us a solid affirmation of what certainly will take place. Now, if he was wishing it, that would be holy enough. If Paul were to say, I wish that God would silence all of these that are modifying the gospel by devoting them to destruction so that they would no longer lead people away from the truth, that would be a godly, wholesome desire. But Paul is not simply expressing his desire. He is saying this is a fact. If anyone in any way, modifies the gospel of God, he will be devoted to destruction. I want you to know how universal these words are. They are solemn words. And beloved, please don't get it mad at me. I, I didn't write these words. I had nothing to do with the writing of Galatians. So please don't get mad at the messenger for delivering the message. But notice verse 8. But even if we or an angel from, a, from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary that, to that which you have received, he is to be accursed. Notice the universality of its scope. Paul says, if anyone from angels in heaven or anyone on the face of the earth, no matter who it may be, if he tampers with the gospel and preaches something of his own making, distorting and reversing the gospel and propagating that gospel, God's curse will rest upon his head, however famous a preacher he may be and however many people have been converted under his ministry, just because God uses a good-for-nothing preacher like me or someone else to save sinners does not mean that you can condone or should condone everything that preacher says. Remember, God used Judas to get Jesus on the cross by which you and I are saved. But does anyone condone Judas? 
Yet look what happened as a result of Judas's betrayal. So because someone may be a great preacher, because people have been saved under his ministry, does not mean that he is above criticism. It is the gospel he preaches that must always be weighed and judged. And Paul says, if anyone preaches any other gospel than the gospel of Scripture, he will be accursed. And he says, even me, the apostle. Notice the deliberate way he says it. Are you out there wondering why he said it twice? He says the same thing twice, just a little different in two consecutive verses. He says in verse 8, If any angel or anyone, including myself, preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. And then again in verse 9, he says, If anyone preaches to you another gospel contrary to what we preach to you, let him be accursed. Why did Paul say it twice? And then even consecutively. It was to let you and me know. That is not just some rash statement. He hasn't gone off on some emotional tangent. You know, as if he's all worked up and exaggerating and saying things. That when he has time and he's calmer and he looks back, thinks, why did I say that? I've listened to some of my sermons from the past. And I cringe at some of the things that I've said, beloved. Paul isn't cringing here. Paul says it twice. He is saying to us, I want you to know this isn't an impulse of mine. I am saying this deliberately. I want to show you by saying it twice that this is no excessive, exaggerated statement into which the passion of emotions has rushed over me. This statement is calmly formed and unalterably true. And if anyone anywhere alters the gospel and preaches it, he will be accursed. And notice who he includes first. But even if we... You see, Paul's talking about himself. He's not just throwing stones at the people. He says, even if I preach another gospel, then what is written here? May I be accursed and devoted to destruction. Listen to how Calvin put it. Here is what he thinks Paul was saying. In fact, Calvin even says this in reference to himself. And I'm going to read this in reference to myself. He said, let me, even me, myself, be taken for a devil. If I change the Bible's doctrine, or if you find me to have swerved in any matter. For although I am he who taught you the true doctrine, yet it is not mine but God's who is unchangeable. And although you should see me change, yet do not be removed nor abashed for it, but esteem me as a devil and hold me accursed. And for your own part, you continue still settled in the truth which you have learned. As for me, curse me and ban me. Yea, and the very angels of heaven too, rather than to change any part of the truth of God's Son or to turn away from it. 
Or as the great Martin Luther said, in this curse, Paul plainly excommunicates and curses all teachings in general that do not preach the pure gospel, which he by revelation had preached. He dares curse all teachers throughout the whole world, yes, in heaven also, who pervert his gospel and teach any other. For all men must either believe that gospel that Paul preached, or else they must be accursed and condemned. And you know, I've said before, Luther was prone to exaggeration. But that, beloved, is no exaggeration. Luther again, all men, men must either believe that gospel that Paul preached, or else they must be accursed and condemned. Would to God that this terrible sentence of the apostle might strike terror into their hearts that seek to pervert the gospel of Paul, of which sent at this day, the world is full. That's the 16th century. And he says the world was full of those who distorted the gospel. If the world was full of those who distorted the gospel in Luther's day, how much more full is the world today of false teachers? And you see, we must pray that God would cause them to read these verses and that it would strike terror into their hearts. Beloved, we need to pray for them. You know, we go along and we pray for Aunt Caroline's bellyache and our runny noses. But, but do you ever pray for false teachers? Men who modify the gospel of sovereign grace, both on the left and on the right. Oh, pray, Lord, may that verse come to their memory by your Holy Spirit. Make it strike terror in their hearts that will lead them to repentance that will cast aside their false doctrines and will embrace the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever you hear anyone modify that gospel sweetly and boldly, quote this verse to them. Do it with passion and with tears. Because you see, this is a very serious matter. And I say to you, because of the sinfulness of my heart, if I even swerve from these seven tenets of the gospel of sovereign grace, the history, the historic gospel of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will excommunicate me and condemn me as a devil and ban me from this church. But don't change your mind about the gospel that I have been preaching to you now. Beloved, it's not mine this curse also highlights the completeness of Paul's gospel. It is so perfect and so complete that even though 2,000 years have passed, nothing, nothing needs to be added to it and nothing needs to be subtracted from it. It needs absolutely no modification whatsoever. It is just as powerful to save sinners now as it has ever been. And let me encourage any of you here today, who may not be Christians, to embrace this gospel that I have presented to you earlier. That was the gospel just as clearly as I know how to present it. If you would like more detail, get the sermon from 317. Ask Ben Loomis. 
God has accomplished our salvation, and the only thing left for you to do is to repent and receive it, to believe it as being true, to rest your life upon it, to rest upon Christ alone for your salvation. You contribute nothing, and you deserve nothing except condemnation. What love. Surrender your life to Christ. And if you do that, you will look back and you'll see he is the one who gave you this desire and ability to believe. And you will praise him not only for your salvation, but for the faith by which you receive that salvation. And it is truly offered to you right now. Now, why did Paul respond so strongly and use such drastic language? This was, I'm sure you can see, very politically incorrect. Well, let me give you four reasons. In fact, we'll go through three this next week, and we'll see the fourth next week. But let's look at verse 10. For am I now seeking the favor of man or God? Or am I striving to please man? If I were striving to please men, that should I striving to please men. If I will, if I were still striving to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Now, there is a reason there, but let me give you a couple of other reasons first. There are four reasons for Paul's strong response to these false teachers who modify the gospel. Number one, because in modifying the gospel of Christ, the glory of Christ himself is at stake. The glory and honor of Christ himself is at stake. And you and I must allow nothing in our lives and nothing in our doctrine that would distract in the slightest way from God's glory. Because the Lord Jesus Christ has said he will not share his glory with another. When you go to modifying the gospel and taking some of the credit some of the glory from Christ, and you give it to yourself, you detract from him who will not share his gospel with another. So Paul's response was as it was, because the glory of Christ was at stake. Secondly, it is because, now listen, the eternal welfare of human beings is at stake in the modification of the gospel. Understand, beloved. In the book of Galatians, Paul is not writing about trivial matters. He is writing about the heart and soul of Christianity. The content of the true gospel from God, which is the power of God, unto salvation for everyone who believes that one gospel. There is no other gospel that can rescue you and I. If you modify or reverse it, you make it no gospel. If with all your heart and soul you embrace a gospel that is not really a gospel, it won't do you any good. So Paul recognizes it is not only the glory of Christ that is at stake, but it is the eternal welfare of human beings that is at stake in the modification of the gospel. Do you know that Jesus Christ himself showed this same intense concern you know, when he warns those who would cause any of his disciples to stumble, 
People don't like what Paul said here because they say it is so unchristian. It is unchristian for you to pronounce a curse on someone for preaching the wrong doctrine. No, beloved, it is very Christian. It is very Christ-like. Remember when Jesus was talking to the people who were wanting to seduce by false doctrine his little disciples? He said, anyone who tries to cause them to stumble, it would be better for them if a millstone, and no, we're not talking about an inner tube being wrapped around their necks. If a millstone were tied around the neck and they were drowned in the midst of the sea, this is Jesus talking here. It would be better for them if they drowned than to face me for seducing these little ones by false doctrine. So you see, Paul is very Christ-like. Is he not? Most people have the wrong understanding of Christ. What Paul does here in the intensity of language is to reflect the attitude of Christ himself. Because, beloved, listen and write this down. Christ is intolerant toward all false gospels. When it comes to the modification of the gospel, Christ tolerates not even the slightest adjustment. And he is particularly intolerant of all those who preach and spread false doctrines because the eternal welfare of human beings, his people, is at stake. Then there is a third reason why Paul spoke so strongly, and that is in verse 10 that I just read. It is because the genuineness of our servanthood to Christ is at stake if we don't stand up for Christ when his gospel is under attack. Verse 10, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? If I, were still striving, striving to, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be the bondservant of Christ. You see, now that Paul is a Christian, recognizing that he was saved by the will of God and by God's sovereign grace, the goal of his life now is the pleasure of God and it is not the applause of man. He does not care at all what men think of him. The only thing he is concerned about is whether or not what he preaches and how he lives pleases his Lord and Savior. How about you? And for that reason, he and we are to defend and magnify whatever originates with him. Paul had a tremendous sense of accountability to his divine Lord as his bondservant and slave. And that is why he uttered such an anathema against those who would pervert the gospel because in being given this gospel by the Lord Jesus Christ, he was also commanded by Christ to guard this treasure. Guard the treasure and pass down that treasure that you got from me as pure and as entire as when I gave it to you, Paul. Guard the treasure of sound doctrine. You see, Paul is simply being faithful to what his master had entrusted to him. As John Calvin has said, we would be less than dogs if we did not bark when our master is under attack. 
Does your master really need your defense? No. But you would be less than a dog if you didn't bark when your master and his gospel are under attack. So there are the first three reasons why Paul was so vigorous in condemning those who were modifying the gospel. Number one, the glory of Christ was at stake. Number two, the eternal welfare of human beings was at stake. Number three, the genuineness of Paul's servanthood to God was at stake. And fourth, which we will look at next, next week, the divine origin of the gospel is being compromised whenever the gospel is modified. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for the gospel so purely and clearly preached by Paul. For we know by your grace that without that gospel, we are damned to hell for all eternity. Do not let us swerve from it even the slightest, but help us to proclaim it as purely as Paul. For Christ's sake, amen. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402-1484, Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.